What up? This is Dregs One, and this is another episode of the History of the Bay podcast. Behind the cameras today, we got Rocky and King Said. D.O. is on the boards, and shout out to the producers, Skino and Whitney Chanel. And today, uh, I'm excited for our guest, long friend of mine, mentor, somebody I've looked up to for a long time, one of the illest graffiti writers in the world, period. <laughs> The legendary Crayon. What's up? What's up, What's man? up, man? Thanks, up, fellas. Thanks a lot for coming through. Of course, bro. man. You know I'm gonna do you right. Yes, right. That's right. We've known each other for a while, but you know I want to get into your full story for people who don't know. Um, so why don't you start off by telling us? I know you're from Frisco. Were you born in Frisco? No, I was born in New York City. Uh-huh. Sometimes I always think, like, damn, what if I never moved out of New York City? Do you think I would have still been a a b boy graffiti writer? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think uh, my parents met, like, my father wanted to go to, to Europe, you know, but he got shipped out to Korea, and that's how he met my mom. And then, um, whatchamacallit, um, instead of having us over there in Korea, like me and my sister, we they moved to New York, and they popped me out, and then one year later, they moved to Brooklyn, and then they, my sister came out there, and then uh, we moved to Korea, and we were raised by our Korean family. So my first language was Korean, you know, um, and then... Uh, you know, we had a good, pretty good childhood. You know what I mean? Like, um, they were they were doing pretty well. Um, and then we moved to San Francisco. My father found a job over at General Hospital. And then we didn't, you know, we could have went to L.A. We could have went to Seattle. We went to San Francisco because of the job. And, um, yeah, and that's how we moved down here. And, yeah, it was. it took me, like, 10 years of ESL classes, man, to, like, switch up from Korean to English. And then from there, I just, I forgot. Korean completely so yeah I just you, know, you forgot it completely completely wow. I think my mom was speaking in English and then, and then it just it just gone yeah you know, one day I just like didn't understand it didn't don't even write it yeah yeah I <laughs> so guess I was, if you're not using it yeah I yeah. would just totally I wanted to be assimilated to American culture and shit when you're like you know if you know half China, uh, half Korean and half white you're like you know what? I'm I'm kind of like blessed to know two cultures. You know. Yeah. Um, so you get to see two different sides of the human. You know, um, uh, race. You know what I mean. And your your dad's side of the family is actually uh, was it Croatian? Yeah, Cro- uh, Yugoslavic. Yugoslavic. Yeah, sorry, my mom's Korean. Yeah. That's yeah. It's an interesting mix right there. Yeah, San Francisco, man. You know, it's, yes, it's a lot of mixes yes, in San Francisco. Yes, sir. Yeah. So what what neighborhood did you grow up in out here? Um, we came out to Fifth Avenue in Gary right next to French Hospital, uh, and then we went to 19th, uh, 9th Avenue in Gary, and then that's when my parents got a divorce, and then we moved to 19th and Balboa. So I was an Avenue kid. I was like in a Richmond. Yeah. And that's where I was, you know, raised, and then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, we hit rock bottom, and then we went to Section 8. We lived in the projects, uh, Bay Street projects, for oh, a yeah. couple of years. Mm-hmm. North Beach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, that's when it was like, you know, that's later on, that's when I... Uh, founded the uh, the projects, the rooftop projects where um, we were doing pieces up there, and right. the, everyone knew that as a yard. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, and then we moved to another section eight, which was like um, you you had to make a certain amount of money to live in this section eight. You couldn't be dirt poor living there. You had to be maybe a janitor or like a taxi driver, where you're making some kind of money, but it wasn't a lot. They still gave you like a section eight for that. So that's we moved into Japantown. Mm. And then that's when I got into uh, skateboarding, and all of a sudden I got into b-boying. You know, Where, uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to Gal. Gal. Uh, I went, yeah, I went to 
Presidio Junior High because I was living in Inner Richmond, and I was supposed to, and I met a lot of people there, and then everybody was supposed to go to Wash, and I and I thought I was going to go to Wash, but you know our situation was different, so we moved. So I went to Galileo. Mm-hmm. So I knew two different set of friends from different <laughs> sections of of the city. So when I got into breaking, they were like, "Oh, yo, you 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 break? Oh, you're in you're in Washington? Oh, you know what's up? Let's 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 hook up." And so yeah. we were like dancing and um, down at the wharf, passing our hat around, you know. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a couple of years until Chris Lopez came to my school and took me out like a gunslinger. Chris Lopez was one of the like the dopest like b boys. You know, he was he was a gunslinger, basically. He went yeah, to yeah. every high school and battled the best. Damn, he was on it. And then he went to my math class. He's like, yo, I'm going to take you out right now. I'm going to battle. I'm like, uh, excuse me, math teacher. Uh, can I go out? <laughs> I'll be right back. Dude, he hit the ground, did like 19 halos. And I'm like, you you, you got it. You got me, man. Damn. 19 halos, dude, or some shit. It was just like, <laughs> I quit. Someone give me a spray can. Because I was already painting a little bit. And I was just like, man, fuck this. I'm going to do graffiti and shit, man. Pretty- I, I ain't be one no more. Yeah, it's pretty gangster to pull you out of your math class. Yeah, dude. And that, you know, because I come from that b-boy mentality. So when I got in the graph, it was like, yo, let, let's battle. Yeah. I'm going to fuck you up, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but if you're not from that b-boy culture, you're going to say, oh, you're going to fuck me up? Oh, this is going to be some real. We're going to throw some fists. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm we battling through art. Yeah. Can we do this? And, you know, some people just didn't understand that, you know? Yeah, I think that uh, the B-boy culture has kind of lost its competitive edge a little bit now. I mean, you'll have, like, competitions, but the idea of, like, what's up, fool? And then you just start, <laughs> you just start dancing on somebody. Um, that's, start flashing on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. Um, did I hear correctly that you were a sports jock? Yeah, dude, I was a baseball, basketball, and football every year. Until fucking breaking came in and fucked my whole life up. You're just one of those. Can I say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad languages here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. You're just one of those people that was just naturally good at everything. Man, when breaking came in, I just that flipped my mind. I'm like, damn, breaking on your back. I think some folks didn't like getting dirty on the floor, and that's where they were popping and locking and shit. Or strutting. We would call it strutting. Well, that's more of the West Coast thing too. Yeah, I thought so too. You know. and it was unique, you know? Sped up the records, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Demons of the mind, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, the funkiest. finest, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was your first introduction into the whole hip-hop culture. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, well, actually, I bought rap tapes. You know, I think it was Rapper's Delight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I think it was Curtis Blow, These Are the Breaks. Yeah. I got it because I used to live down at the... Um, the projects and mm-hmm. so right around I think it was on Bay and Columbus that was Tower Records Tower yeah and I used to steal yeah. all my shit there nice <laughs> um, yeah cause your your connection to graffiti is like very focused on hip hop itself and, yeah um, um, I would say I, was, I yeah. would say so yeah um was was there something specific was you, like was it Rapper's Delight itself or some something else that just was it the movies? No, I just or? felt like maybe I was closer to the b-boy culture. And yeah. then the b-boy culture with graffiti culture and then the rap that was coming through. And then I knew a lot of DJs. So that was like, I, they kept saying, "That's this is the culture in New York. This is this is how they, you know, get down by not killing each other, but they can actually battle each other and, and at parties or whatever. Yeah. And, and this is the culture in New York. And, and um, I'm like, oh, shit, okay. I, I can get down with this, you know? It was new. Yeah, it was yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted this. I wanted 
in whatever I got into, I wanted to be the best. You know, I, I was mediocre in the in the breaking scene, and that's when I met up with Fury. Fury was a strutter, and Fury later became a graffiti writer. Mm-hmm. And Styles, who I met down at the wharf, breaking with his little brother John J. Def, and he did you know um, produce Guapale and stuff like yeah, that yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we all was breaking, uh, even Ink. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. We, he was down there breaking. And uh, I had a girlfriend, and Galileo, uh, she was living on the 14th floor on Geneva Towers. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so... Um, That's Dio's... Uh, yeah, yeah, Geneva Towers, yeah. yeah. And so we used to break at the lobby. <laughs> on the same floor? <laughs> we used to break at the... Her name is Monique Thomas. Oh, shit. Yeah. Light-skinned chick. It almost looked like <laughs> Vanessa Williams, you know. I was sprung. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I want to get down with her. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, that was... So, yeah, it's it's definitely a hip-hop background when I yeah. got in. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, the, I feel like hip-hop in Frisco is, like, a very organic thing. Uh, I, I'm just curious. This just came to me now because, you know, I was kind of raised on, like, the idea of, like, the four elements, right? Breaking, DJing rapping and graffiti and then later on I heard some older cats from New York talk about how that really kind of came together almost as a marketing thing mm. with the movies like Wild Style and, and Style Wars and Beach Street and Beach Street but yeah. at the same time there's like a natural cohesion between all those things I heard it was Fred uh, Fat Five Freddy who went to um, I think it was uh, um, the guy who did Subway Art um, Henry Chalfin's yeah. place, and then he brought Rocksteady. Right. And, and then somebody right, from Rocksteady right. did the graffiti. I think it was Bill Blast, who was cousin of Ken Swift. Mm-hmm. Bill Blast. And uh, and I think uh, there was maybe, I don't know if there was a DJ there, but, you know, the music was there, you know? Yeah. I don't know if it was, I think maybe Ram LZ was there. I'm not too sure. But right. Fat Five Freddy was just trying to tell, um, you know, Tell them that hey, this is hip hop, blah blah blah, and the village voice picked it up, I guess. Right. And then it made it into a big thing, but um, and then Bombada, you know, yeah, with yeah. the Zulu Nation was like, you know, still going strong since '73, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, that's that's a whole another subject, right? There. Yeah, 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 definitely. But you know, as people don't maybe know that I got down with Zulu Nation in 2006, and that's when I got busy. That's when I got serious with firefighting. Or at least trying to learn and trying to get into school to like get the certs to actually get ready to fill out an application. Because yeah. people don't know it takes about two years to fill out to to get all your certs. You yeah, 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 yeah. And um, 2006 when I started, and then I also joined Zulu Nation. Also, right, 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 right. And so, I definitely want to get in get into that. No, part yeah, of, of the course. Story too. Um, but to go back to graffiti and even before that, like, did you have an artistic background? No, nah, man. Kid? I think I was into Star Wars and I did like TIE fighters and like, you know, X-Wing fighters. And <laughs> I was drawing that for a little bit. And I think I went to some, you know, you're supposed to take art classes, you know, and they were, you were forced to, right? Yeah. And then Miss Baum, I think it was Miss Baum from uh, junior high school, um, Presidio Junior High. She's like, okay, everybody take off your shoes. And my shoes were stanky as shit, right? So, <laughs> put the shoes on the table. All right, start drawing. And then she put on some classical music. And I'm like, this is some different shit. I'm, I'm not used to that. I'm used to always going out and playing kickball and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm getting used to this. Uh, I guess that was my first um, exposure to drawing and stuff like that. And, yeah. then, and then I think I took another class at Galileo High School 
but really it didn't move me until until I started like going forward and backwards on the tape cassette to learn about how to break through looking at uh, the documentaries like Style Wars and Wild Style. I'm like, how do they do their backspin like that? How do they how do they wind up? So I'm going back and forth, and I don't even care about all the graffiti that was in there. Mm, really? Because I was all in, Star I, Wars yeah, for I was trying to like, oh, how do you do that backspin? You know, how do you yeah. get that flavor of like up rock? I want that down rock. And then, and then later on, I just decided, like, damn, damn. I, Fury. I was at a breaking practice, and it was Japantown. And um, basically, I walked up to this, this white dude who was um, a manager. I forgot his name, but I said, hey, you know, I have this breaking crew called All City Crew. And they were, like, the third best crew. We weren't the best crew, but we were, like, the rejects that nobody right, wanted. Right, but right. we were still dope, you know? <laughs> And uh, I said, hey, can you, you know, can we use your third third floor or second floor, like, your meeting room? Because it had a smooth surface. And, you know, can we use that as, like, a breaking practice? And, you know, and they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. And years later, after I stopped breaking and shit, and then I, came, I saw him again. I was like, hey, I, I want you to, I want, you know, I want to say thank you for getting a lot of the kids out of trouble, for making us come here and dance and uh, you probably did more good than you realize, you know? Yeah. And he started tearing up, you know, because um, he, did, he did well, you know? I mean, I, we got, he got a lot of kids off the streets to actually start breaking right, in right. Japantown Bowling Alley. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, that's how, and then one of, those, one of those days where we were breaking, we were practicing, and then Fury comes in and you know, he had this, like, sketchbook and then it had, it said Omega and it had three arrows in the left, three arrows in the right, and it was, Shoddy. It was like all messed up, dude. But it said Omega. I was like, oh shit, this is pretty dope. Like, yeah, they do this on on the trains in, in New York City because I was still breaking at the time. So I was kind of like, I was in transition from breaking and to it, writing. And it wasn't like there was a ton of graffiti. No, nah, there was none, dude. None. none. I was like wow. just b-boying. Like my whole focus was b. Even if there was graffiti on the street, I wouldn't even realize it. Yeah. You know, because it was all b-boying. Like, but whatever was there, it wasn't enough to really nah, capture your nah. attention. Like people just there was the a walls. cat named Jason. He would write, I think, in Sharpie J A, and then he put a circle around the A S O N, and it'd be on the 38 Gary on the corner of the bus. Because every time I got on the Gary. I used to go in the back and I used to just look up or whatever. And it was a Jason tag. It wasn't even the tag. It was just right Jason. Yeah. Every 38 Gary bus. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. And I, and looking back, I realized that another, my first exposure in b-boying was at, at, a, at a junior high school dance, Sadie Hawkins dance. And then it looked like there was a fight in the middle of the dance floor. And I wanted to go see. And all of a sudden, everyone split up. But there was this kid, like, Finishing a move, you know, and I, I still didn't understand what the hell that was going on, and realized later it's like that was breaking. Right, right, right. And so, um, yeah, and so when Fury uh, gave me the the sketch, and I was just looking at, it, I was mesmerized. I was like, yeah. And he had cans with him. I'm like, yo, let's go across the street. So we went like five, four or five of us. We had a like radio and shit. <laughs> Went downstairs, about two or three floors downstairs into the parking lot. It was kind of getting dark in that area. And we were playing fucking Ghetto Blaster, right? We were playing loud and shit. And we were like, shh, shh, shh. And all of a sudden, for about 10 minutes, we were kind of getting high from the fumes. And all of a sudden, I was alone. Like, what the fuck? And I'm looking around, and then there's a couple of, like, Japanese tourists looking through the door. Like, the door slammed open, but I didn't even hear it. Everyone took off except me. They didn't even grab me, dude. <laughs> I'm still painting. I'm like, oh, shit. So I think that whole, you know, like, getting chased, I was like, I got hooked. 
And then I the started. Adrenaline and of, then I think I did a cardboard. Like I went across the street, and, I, and maybe the next day or next week I did a cardboard. Still didn't feel right. Yeah. And then I did a bold ass move. I did a, a sketch. It was it was a whack ass sketch, and I walked into the projects down the street, and I didn't know nobody. And it was it wasn't the Pink Palace, but it was further in inside the Fillmore District. But it was like uh, I don't know about seven five seven flights of stairs. It's a it's a it's a was project. It the, uh, OC OC. No nah, no nah, it was it was it was no more in the it was like near L.A. Hill Hutch you know. But it wasn't it wasn't the um, Pink Palace. Okay. But it was still shady and it was still dark. By the time I got up to the top floor, it was dark as shit. I couldn't see anything. I think I saw crack vials and shit. You know, it was drugs up there. Yeah. But it was so dark, I couldn't even see it. And I, and I started doing my painting, and it started getting really fumy in there. And, I, you know, like, you get high if, if there's no... No ventilation. No ventilation, yeah. right. But I, looking back, man, I was bold to go there, man. I could have gotten killed, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Just went in the middle of the night, you know, just... On the roof. Because I, I wanted this so bad, you know? And I wanted... And I told my sister a couple of years later, I said, I want to be the most famous graffiti writer in San Francisco, Nicole. She's like, oh, okay, all right. And then little did I know that I met up with James Prigoff. He was doing a book. And then basically, he's like, hey, if you want to get in the book, you got to do the biggest and the baddest, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'll, you, I'll work on something like that. Were you already writing Crayon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you come up with that name? Uh, it was first Space Ghost. That was my breaking name. That was my B-boy name. Because I had a white hoodie on. And I never saw Space Ghost before. And this little pet monkey, I've never seen that <laughs> shit. What the fuck is Space Ghost? <laughs> Because I used to watch cartoons, but I'd never seen Space Ghost. So maybe I wasn't on the right channel. And shit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and then it was crayon because most of my colors, well, most of my pieces were full of colors, you know. So the, I was thinking about crayon, and then someone said calico. I'm like, nah, not calico. And then all of a sudden someone said, why don't you put an E at the end of crayon? I'm like, crayoni? No, it's crayon. I'm like, crayon. Okay, cool. And then I start getting crayon, you know, like C-R-A-Y-O-N-E. And then all of a sudden, everyone else is getting up ones. Uh, I'm like, oh, man, they're biting me, right? <laughs> but it wasn't because it, it's been around in New York for years. Right, right. Everyone puts one at the end of their name. So when people saw it, they're like, oh, you're crayon or you're cray? I'm like, no, I'm crayon. Yeah. And then later on, I found out from this French guy, it's like, there's no such thing as crayon. It's crayon. Crayon or some shit like that. I'm like, oh, shit. This, and it's, they don't spell it with an E. Yeah. So I just created my own shit. <laughs> I mean, it, that's interesting, though, because it sounds like you're figuring it all out by yourself. I am, because there was no generation before me. There's nothing else nah. to look at. I mean, there's nah. stuff going on in New York, but it's not like you're getting pictures and stuff now, from there. Now, so, so now I'm kind of getting into the early stages, and I'm, I have a and camera. And what year was this? Shit, man, 80, 83, 83, something like that, yeah. I, was, I had a camera, and I was breaking, too. I was in transition. I had mm -hmm. a camera, and you know... What is it? Twenty five photos, twenty four photos. Like uh, takes like twenty dollars to get. Yeah. You know, so it, it was expensive, man. Yeah. So I took very like little photos of my shit, but I was going all over Daily City. I was going all over San Francisco, and I noticed why are these Daily City cats dope? Like there was some. There wasn't a lot of dope writers in San Francisco. There was a lot of dope writers in in Daily City, kind of like South San Francisco. You know what I mean? I mean, there were some in San Francisco, but I was like, what kind of food are they eating? Because not only were they dope and breaking, they had the, because Mr. Spin and B-Boy Sop came out to Daily City and they laced them up with these moves. And 
I was noticing like because I'm from San Francisco and I noticed like I go to I go to the you know like uh, Fishman's Wharf I go to downtown and I see these moves and I'm like some of them are dope but all of a sudden I see cats from Daily City and they're like they're on some different shit yeah I'm like what the hell's going on and so <clears throat> same thing with Reckless Riders you know and I was like oh shit the style is pretty pretty cool and I noticed Doug I mean everybody else in there was cool. But Doug had the sickest style, he had the sickest flavor, he had clean lines, and he had dope colors. Like, that's the cat that, like, okay, I'm focused on him. Everybody else was cool, you know, they were all right, they were rocking some shit, but Doug was the shit. Yeah. And I think he started, like, a couple of years before me. He started when he was 14, I started when I was 17. Mm. Like, like, right before, I, you know, but no, I started, like, 16. I started 16, but he started at 14. So he had, he had a couple of years, years on me, you know? I mean, that kind of makes sense, like, just knowing, like, just seeing your style, like, it is uh, very original. It, it would make sense that it would kind of develop, like, um, in its own, like, under its own umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just, like, whereas Doug, I know he was influenced by the New York stuff. He, he but was yeah, on but, that early. But, but he was doing something before the he New York stuff. He was even before that. It uh, was chunky. It, mm. was, it was, like, chunky letters, and it was cut up. But it was chunky. Yeah. And when it's chunky, you can put hella fillings in. Right. And as soon as when Orko came from Chicago, and Orko has a history too. Like he told me he went to New York, hooked up with Case and King. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Stan 153, and they kind of laced them up with some style. Came back to Chicago, laced his boys with that, you know, with particular the style. Maybe he had his own style, or whatever. But he came to San Francisco, and then that's when. He contacted me through Jim Pergoff. Like Jim Pergoff went to Chicago and hooked up with those those guys over there. So when he came to San Francisco, yo, what's up, Rigel? Let's let's make a crew. Well, I didn't, he didn't call me Rigel. He called me Crayon. But it's like let's make a crew. And I don't even know him. I was like, oh, dude. It's like I don't even know you, man. Uh, he, I tell you what. Here's Dean's number. Here's Doug's number. Here's Bazaar's number. Why don't you call them and then and then try to figure out what's going on and see where you fit in into this San Francisco. You know, scene. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, they got down there making. They had a crew. I'm like, ain't that a bitch? Like they just, <laughs> he just, like he was looking to somebody to get down with to actually paint. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I wanted him to kind of meet everybody before he kind of made a commitment. Yeah. And but he's already got down with TMF. And and, and <clears throat> jumping back a little bit, like because you had already mentioned Fury, that's the homie and. Um, Styles, it was my b-boy partner that became uh-huh. my graffiti partner. Right, right. Yeah. And he was uh, at the same time you're getting into it, he's getting into it. Yeah. And um, uh, he was the first person I believe to paint the the both Muni tunnels. Yep, yep. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah. The Anjuda tunnels. Yeah, Anjuda tunnels. Uh, because he told me he did a piece down there, and I did this. I think the second piece because nice. I wanted I wanted to be next to him, and I think uh, somehow someone rolled my ass out. You know, like they rollered me out, man. I don't know why. But anyway, I was I was egotistical. I, w- I didn't know how to act, you know what I mean? Um, and he was the same way, so we didn't know really how to act in the beginning. Yeah. So our egos kind of got out of control, but we still have respect for each other, you know? Well, but listen, listen, um, that tunnel was lit on the ends, it, like right. 20 yards in, and it was dark all the way through. Me and Styles, one night at 3 o'clock, once the train stopped running, we walked through the tunnels. And we went to the middle of the tunnel, we looked... We, we walked through the whole tunnels and we noticed something that was interesting. Uh, there was this artist, I don't know if it was a woman or a guy, but he would actually, they would bring up paint 
bucket and roller, and they would do bicycles, cakes, something like that with, with house paint. And it would be, you know, like four or five of them. And in the middle of the wall, I looked, flashlight on the wall, it says 2,200 feet this way, 2,200 feet this way. Huh. And it was it was clear, dude. There was no yeah. graffiti in the middle of the tunnel. Yeah. We were the first cats to get down there. Yeah. And uh, so I give him credit for, like, you know, being bold to go down there. And then once we started doing that, then, then it was the yard, you know what I mean? Right. And it was crazy because we go down there, like, 10 o'clock at night, and trains are still running. You have to be on the same side when the trains come because if you're on the opposite side, they can see you. Yeah. You so, got to duck into those Yeah, and then so doorways. if you're not up against the wall, the, yeah. the wind comes through and it kind of pushes you out a little bit. So that's kind of, like, creepy, but... It was fun, you know, at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it was our own little Frisco shit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it, it, it went that went on for thirty years. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That was a yard, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you you and Fury are, are getting up. We called ourselves DA, me, Fury, and Styles. We call ourselves DA Deaf Artists. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> there was three crews then at the time. It's Reckless Riders, KGB, Crown Lung Graffiti Bombers, mm-hmm. and DA, Deaf Artists. Now I'm sure there were others. But in my mind, in my experience, I'm not going to tell you, well, I think I heard this. I heard, no, I'm going to tell you from my experience. What you saw, yeah, yeah. But it was the three crew right yeah. there. And I looked up to Reckless Riders, and Styles looked up to KGB. And KGB was from a breaking crew called Renegade Rockers. And they were like the writers of Renegade Rockers. And um, and uh, it was it was Guess, Zest, Nyes, and several other uh, people, including a woman called Kathy, and and I don't think they were all serious. I think we were the ones that was the most serious, you know. And then, uh, and Styles called me one day, say, "Hey, man, they're they're having a they're kind of like creating a new crew from from KGB. You want to get down?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." Because my whole thing was like, I wanted to get down with Reckless Riders because <laughs> of Doug, you know. I mm-hmm. wanted to get down with him. And um, when we got together, it was the Stonestown Mall when it was open. It wasn't enclosed. It was open. Yeah. So it was it was ghetto, too, man. You know, yeah. so we all met. It's like, yeah, we're thinking about making a crew. I'm like, cool. So I think that showed a couple of pictures. Like, all right, you're cool. Let's, let's work on something. And I'm like, okay. So we were BAD for one day. <laughs> Burn and destroy. <laughs> so we, so not, Zest went crazy. He went out and fucking bombed the whole neighborhood and stuff. And then I remember... I was kind of getting work. I was getting jobs, like very in the very beginning, because I know people are like, "Oh man, don't sell out, man! You know, make your art pure." And I'm like, you know what? I mean, people are asking me to do some shit. I'm gonna get paid for it, because you know, I'm I'm good at it. Let me get paid. And I asked Nice the next day. I'm like, "Yo, when we get up, our our name is BAD, Burn and Destroy. Isn't that kind of like, you know, that's kind of threatening? You know, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, all right, let, let's. Why don't we come up with together with style? I'm like, together with style. Dude, that's dope. Dude, what kind of, where'd you get that name? It's like, oh, B-Boy Saab from Brooklyn, his crew from New York, or Brooklyn, New York, um, it was called Together With Style. It was a B-Boy crew. And I'm like, yo, that's a dope name, dude. And so we started getting that up. And it was, uh, you know, the, 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 the bigger guys in that crew was me, Guess, uh, Zest, Nyes and Styles. I mean, we were like the five, but there were there were four more others, and I forgot their names. I think it was one of them was Carlos. And um, about six months afterwards, I didn't hear nothing from them. I I think I might have called them, no response. I thought they quit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this, man. And then I remember I was a b boy, and um, 
and looking at Rocksteady, how they went to different boroughs and how they battled other crews from different boroughs to get people down, like to recruit. So that's what I did. I went to, I was one of the first cats from San Francisco to go out to Berkeley and meet up with Django because of Jim Prigoff. And because uh, uh, we've we've brought up Jim uh, a few times already, how, how did he first come into into well, your life? I, I was painting a lot, and <clears throat> I knew all the yards. And then he was just happened to be at some of these yards, and we kind of connected. We exchanged phone numbers, and I started. And he said, "Hey, look, why don't I pick you up at six o'clock in the morning? I'll, you know, like feed you like breakfast because <laughs> I was like six, sixteen, seventeen years old, whatever, you know." And then, uh, you know, he was already retired. You know, he just retired from Sara Lee Corporation as one of the CEOs and stuff. So this is his thing, going out and taking pictures of Mexican murals. But he started noticing all these graffiti pieces coming up, and he wanted to take pictures and be a, like a foremost documenter of that particular art form. So I started taking him to all the yards in the city that I knew. Then he started taking me to all the yards that he knew. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then he would, and I was like, hey, I'm going to Berkeley. Do you know anybody in Berkeley? He said, yeah, I know, I know Django. Here's Django's number. So, so he just got this network just yeah, by going he had, out and exactly. taking pictures. Yeah, like in San Jose, wow. Oakland. And so my thing was like I hooked up with Django, and then from Django, he showed me everybody. I think this is a really cool um, thing to note because people know Jim Prigoff from the classic book, Spray Can Art, and some of his other work. But to, to hear from you that he was actually played a role in bringing different writers together oh, yeah. and building that network across the country, across the world. And he's already went to Europe. Right. And he's like, Rigel, you should come over to my house because uh, it might change your art. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it might change you, you know. I'm like, man, I want to see this shit. Now, come on, man, let me come over. Let me check out some shit. And, it, yeah, it, it changed my work, man, because I started seeing how Europe... Because you have to understand when, when I think um, there was a, a tour of, of hip hop, people yeah. like 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 I think Zulu it was and, I think it was uh, and, and, yeah. yeah. Not only that, it was with let me oh, just uh, Futura. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Futura uh, and Rocksteady. They yeah. went to London and they influenced a whole bunch of cats. Not just London, but everywhere else. Right. They came back, but then they influenced people from Europe, and then they started doing their own thing, yeah. and then threw it back at us in our face, like. Oh shit! This is yeah. dope. It sounds like like what you were doing, breaking and and playing with the tapes and and going out and, and messing with spray can. Like this was a global thing that was oh, just yeah. kind of happening organically, yeah, yeah, yeah. all around the yeah, world. Yeah, at the same time. At the same time, we were we were taking. It was a snapshot of like, oh, so this is where it's going. I tell you what, if this is going this way, let's try to make. Let's try to add what's going to happen five years from now yeah so we can be ahead of the game on a worldwide scale not just locally what, what was keeping was it just this this adrenaline or it, what was, was, it was everything it was ambition, ambition. it was it was like I wanted then man I knew this was the shit this was I wanted to eat this I wanted to breathe this I wanted to shit this I wanted to be the best yeah now a lot of people might think oh you know what graffiti shouldn't be all like competitive like that it should be kind of free flowing it should have fun I'm like you're right, and that's something I need to work on. I need to make, I need to have fun again with graph. But for me, it was always competition, you know. And I think some people don't like that about me, about flipping graffiti into competition. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting up with with your fellas, you know, like having a good time, barbecue, whatever, you know. But there's always that inner competition. Like I expect more from myself. Like if you're gonna get up next to me, 
that's cool, but try to catch up with me. Otherwise, it, you know, I sh- I'm, I'm going to burn you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but, you know, the name of the game is, is also teaching. It's to give back, you know? And I've always taught people like, hey, if I'm going to teach you everything, I need you to promise me you're not going to try to come back and try to like talk shit about me because that's just like the worst thing you can do. Right. So I think there's a couple of people that did that, and that's when I got smarter and I was just like, you know what, I'm just only going to teach people that I think they're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the cats that I feel like I taught was in Sacramento, and you know, when I went to, I think it was the the opening, the book opening of Spray Can Art. Mm-hmm. It was down in LA Photography Center, and there was a whole bunch of LA cats that was down there, and I met this. African-American dude, a black dude, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I do graffiti, too, and I, I'm up in Sacramento. Can you teach me? I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll go up to Sacramento, you know? And then I did that, like, 10, 15 times, and I was trying to teach this kid, like, the philosophy of TWS and, and, and the graph scene and, and, the, and the style and where we got our stuff from and what we're trying to do with TWS. And TWS was the first barrier crew. Yeah, let's go back to that because you had mentioned you, you, you hooked up with uh, Cass and Berkeley through Jim. Yeah, yeah. And then your mission was to basically go all over the Bay right. and, and recruit then, the best. So basically I recruited, I was trying to find Nexus to get him down, but I, he was surrounded with a lot of shit talkers and I didn't know how to get in contact with him. But I got together with uh, Picasso. And he was cool, and I started hanging out with like Shen and Snow and Poe. Poe one, he's a b boy, and uh, he's from he's from New York, but he's like a transplant out here. But um, yeah, and then um, I went to East Bay, and I was trying to get like uh, I got Raven in, and then there was two cats from Chinatown, um, Norm and Andy. They call themselves Normandy, <laughs> and they were pretty dope. Mm-hmm. From, you know, Chinese kids from Chinatown. They were they were pretty good, and um, they they had the sickest like stock tip. Um, to clean this, you know, like they were trying to get me to go against them as far as like clean stock tip because this was before phantom tips, right? This is before the stock, um, the tester tips and shit. Yeah. This was this is all stock, yeah. So you can see there's a little fizz, but like 50 feet away, it's clean, yeah. But you know, I'll tell you that story too, also. Um, getting back to going to San Diego and then trying to find those stock tips from some LA writers, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, and then uh, I got uh, Estrium Bam because I was working in uh, Pier 39 at one of the college stores. You know, it was an NFL shop, the college shop. I was, we were rocking all the uh, starter jackets. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, <laughs> five-finger discount on that shit, right? Um, but yeah, I had this thing called Graffiti University, and I was just kind of working there, and some cats from USF. And I'm like, yeah, we're graffiti rats from, from Hawaii. I'm like, oh, shit, real? Okay. And he knew, they knew Slick and all those guys. Slick went to L.A., and um, Estria and Bam, they, you know, they came to San Francisco for, to USF. And it's like, oh, let, let's get down, let's paint. And then so they didn't know letters at all. They just knew characters. Hmm. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you don't do letters. They don't do letters as much. But the thing was characters, right? So we would say, okay, we would, me, Raven, and Picasso, we would bust uh, pieces. And then they would do characters. And it would be kind of like a production, right? We didn't trip on that until later. I started getting into more street art and more, like, for money and shit. And I noticed, like, nobody's going to hire me for letters, dude. Yeah. They're going to hire me for, like, figurative work, backgrounds and shit. And I can sneak some letters here and there for abstract stuff. And I noticed, so he influenced me on how to get better as far as, like, characters and figures. And I try to influence him on how to get better with letters. Because Estri, at the time, he wasn't getting that respect on the street because he wasn't doing letters. It was all about letters, you know? And um, 
And, and eventually he started getting into letters because he later on came to me after he got out of the crew. He came to me, Rigel, this is kind of, we're fast forwarding now. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Hey, man, we're, I'm trying to create this like battle, you know? I don't know if I should call it spray can battle or graffiti battle. And I'm like, why don't you call it estrip battle? It's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because what if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't pan out? You got to think about what's your next step after this. So if you make a, like a, if you, Hit it pretty good. Everyone knows you and the, the battles, but then it didn't fall. It, it kind of fell through later. You could use as that as a stepping stone because now people know you as Estra Battle. Yeah. And so I told him that and he did it, you know, for like three or four years. It was going strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like basically what you were creating was a platform where the people who were really kind of on the same level as you in terms of their ambition and their drive we could learn from each other and I, I think I remember hearing you say something about like the criteria of being part of the crew was like being able to really do it all like, do it all right oh, you gotta oh, do letters oh. you gotta do letters, burner right character letters characters burner, background, background yeah and do it all by yourself yeah yeah. you and don't that, need no help and for me that's something that like I always strive for too like especially at this point in my mm -hmm. life like if I'm gonna go out and paint and, and that's something I've kind of picked up from you and other cats like Use that whole space on the yeah, wall. Yeah, why limit yourself? Why just you really? Know? You can really burn somebody if somebody just throws up letters and you throw up a whole crazy piece where the background is detailed. It tells a story. There's a character coming out of here. Your letters are fire. The colors are crazy. You come into the wall with three boxes of paint mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of just like six cans. Right. Like that's the name of the game is like getting up and the stuff that stays up, whether it's another writer who respects it. Yeah. Or even someone who's like, well, should I paint this over? Like, this mm -hmm. is a whole yeah. mural. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before, it was a shitty wall with yeah. tags on it, but whoever this is, like, like that's what kind of keeps you staying up and keeps you in people's minds. Right. And, and I look back on, like, a lot of your old photos and some of these pieces, like, in spray can art. Like I went to ISA, so when I oh, see that, shit, yeah, ISA. yeah, when I see <laughs> I that, that piece dude. of you with the with the uh, yeah, with the cobra, with the, yeah, the cobra, dude, it's like oh whoa. man. And even to this day, like it's 2022, and I still see people tripping out off like the Gundam yeah, characters yeah, that you yeah. did on the wall, and because I lived near Japantown, right, right, yeah. all the little hobby shops yeah, and dude. stuff that had those, and it's a, and, and it's even crazier to think that you were like striving for that and painting with that stuff. With like like you said, stock tips. Yeah, yeah. Until until um, Jim Prigoff hooked up with people from San Diego, and they came visited him, and then they said, "Roger, you should meet up with these San Diego cats." I'm like, "All right, cool." I was working at like uh, my friend, my best friend uh, Styles was working at Aka Joe, and um, we just said, "Hey, man, we're gonna we're gonna go down to San Diego, save graffiti from that because." They did a massive cleanup campaign. Like, you know, they're trying to erase graffiti from San Diego and stuff because they, they wrecked it, right? Yeah. But now it's all clean and shit. They were coming out like, hey, why don't you come on down, man? Why don't you, like, peace down there? And we'll help you, like, tell you where the yards are. And we were getting up in the bus yards back then, too. Yeah. So basically, we just went down there and uh, in a small car and it was like six people deep and it was, it was funky down going down there. And uh, we stayed a week, and I remember they took us to a couple of uh, walls down there. And one of the one of the nights, it was some kind of um, area where we were just hitting somewhere near the like the water drainage area. And um, I, the guys was popping the cap with their keys, and the guy who brought the car gave me the keys to go back out to the car to get more black. 
And for some reason, the key was bent. So I was doing this. This is in a, a residential area. And I was like messing with the key for about 15 minutes, right? So people thought I was stealing somebody's car. So they called the cops. And for the first time, I just didn't say anything. Like, it's like, hey, so what are you doing? What do you, you know, what's your name? And I didn't say anything. So eventually, after about 30 minutes of just kind of talking to me or trying to get me to talk, they took me downtown inside the, underneath, like, where the, where the parking area was. It, it didn't even process me. They just said, look, you're not talking to us. We're just going to, you know, put you back over the border. My name is Roger John. I'm in San Francisco. I, I was down here to do some graffiti and shit. I didn't want to go back to the border. Like they're gonna put me over the border, man, because they thought I was, you know, I was Mexican or something. That, that makes me think of something else that's interesting, though, too. Around that time, like it seems like the consequences weren't as serious for graffiti as they are. Yeah, it wasn't a big issue, you know. Yeah. And so um, we were. They took us to a train yard, and we were we were we were bombing the trains. We were getting up a piece, and all of a sudden we heard noise. So we went underneath the train, and we saw like fifty families, like like going right next to us. Like, oh shit! I never knew anything like that. You know, like people crossing the border and yeah. stuff. And I was like sixteen. Damn. And um, and then all of a sudden you hear. The trains were moving, and it was it was going fast too. And so we had to kind of like uh, between two wheels, it was like a space of maybe five yards, so you can pop out. Dude, that was crazy. You know, yeah. I never I never experienced that before. You know, and it so all crazy. this is kind of like what you do is like you're gonna have stories. You know, um, and uh, we went to the beach, and uh, my friend uh, Styles almost drowned, and I had to save his ass because it was like a current or something. You know. The car that we came under flipped over on the freeway, but we weren't in there. Um, and uh, whatchamacallit, um, right before we left, I was like, dude, we got to go to L.A. I- I've never been to L.A. We got to go. So it was like, all right, we'll go visit some yards. I know some yards down there. So right before we took off, we went to L.A. And he took us to a couple of yards and we saw um, Genius, Charlie, Power, and a couple of guys from DTK. And they were painting, and I started seeing, like, it was different. Like, the style was different, obviously, right? But the pieces looked clean, like, super clean. I'm like, you guys are cheating, dude. You guys are putting two cardboards together, and then, psh. It's like, no, dude, here are tester tips. I'm like, what the hell? Because we were all stock tips. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, like, the, I mean, maybe I might have seen a fat cap. But not clean like this. So they're called phantoms. And that's what Charlie said. They're called phantoms or tester tips. You get it from the Krylon tester, you know, like those model paint. I'm like, no way. I'm just like, dude, it's over. Wow. It was like technology from the tips, man. It was like, oh, because we were like on top of our shit as far as like stock. You know, we're trying to get it perfect. I was like, dude, should we, when we get when we get back up there, should we tell everybody about this or we should just keep it within ourselves? It's like, nah, we all decided, let's let's just give it out to everybody, man. That's what's up. So, so our styles look different compared to LA, definitely. But that's that's my San Diego, the you know, Los Angeles story about the stock tips. And that's yeah, how we got the stock true. tips. I mean, out. nowadays it's like a common thing for someone to say yeah, they're going on a spraycation or like, I'm going to go bombing in Costa Rica <laughs> or like, uh, I'm going to some festival in St. Louis yeah. or, but to like 
when like in that era where it's all discovery to just go yeah, in a car was, and yeah. make it happen is, is something different. It was. It was it was something new, man, yeah. you know? Um we were always doing something new and we were trying to push the limit. Yeah. Uh, I was I was one of the first cats to uh, get on TV shows, get a lot of press on on newspapers and magazines and 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 uh, I was trying to maybe go back to school and I remember I got a portfolio and I just cold walked into a Art school called the Art Institute mm-hmm. near near um, uh, I think it's North Beach, mm-hmm. and they and some white dude just looked at my shit and said, "We don't accept your kind here. Wow, we don't accept this kind of art here." Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, I don't know how to argue. I don't know how to stand for myself. I'm just like, all right, I just packed up and I got a little upset maybe, and I just like you know put more effort into just getting up. You know, like. Yeah. Two years later, Twist gets in. Two or three years later, Twist gets in, and right. he's like that god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, shit, Twist. I'm like, man, you know, I was there early, <laughs> man. So sometimes being a pioneer, sometimes coming in early through the door, sometimes it's not what it's cracked up to be because it's closed. Yeah. By the time it opens up, you know, it's uh, things are already changing, and you might be the fifth, sixth person in, and I'm still happy. If yeah. I were to get in as a sixth person, getting in through the museum or whatever— and not not the first because maybe it was just it's just the timing you know what I mean so I ain't tripping you know yeah I mean it's I, important that people should come in before you also you know they get right, recognized right. and then you know maybe you get recognized later too I mean the thing I'm hearing though just from this conversation and just knowing what I know being familiar with with your work is like this that the dues you're paying that early and the fact that you are sticking with it and learning the game and traveling and meeting different people is what led to your skills being to where they are today. Right on, yeah. yeah. I think uh, a lot of graffiti writers are kind of purists and they just want to see everything coming out of the camera. <clears throat> like, if you're battling somebody, I understand that, but if you're just kind of experimenting and trying to expand your mind as far as, like, artistic talent, and now with, like, with, with like, proliferation of, like, street art, you know, and understanding, like, wheat paste and... Like the um, buff art, you yeah. know, and and even brushes and and just stencils. What's wrong with like adding that to the graffiti writer's repertoire? Yeah, you know? why not? I think a lot of people are like very strict about just having spray can, which is dope. I don't, I don't, I, I'm the one that's gonna always, you know, vouch for that. But if you're trying to just be uh, as an overall artist, trying to expand your artistic skills, why not? Yeah. And, you know, the fact is that a lot of the street artists are using architecture as part of their art. Why not? Why, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's, it's, I didn't see a lot of the graffiti writers doing that. But because I think a lot of graffiti writers want that money. I mean, I'm not saying a lot, but they do want that money. And the street artist is already coming from money, but they don't have that respect yeah. and that street cred yeah. that graffiti writers have because it's letters-based, right. you know? So you got this kind of crisscross that's kind of going on right now. So I think a lot of street artists are kind of integrating their, like, uh, letters, but the letters are kind of whack, you know, because oh, yeah. they're yeah. coming from that art school. Because I remember people like, "Oh, you art school faggot, you what art?" I went there one year, but all of a sudden, you know, when I get down with like people that are associated with more art school and more talented as far as like traditional art, but mixed in with graffiti, there's a lot of graffiti writers that are didn't have that kind of money background, but they're kind of came up on the street. They're like, "Fuck art school faggots, man, art school faggots." I'm like, "Oh man, this, that's kind of like." That's, that's, that's kind of like the wrong way to look at it. It's almost like a derogatory thing, you I know? Think, I think uh, for a graffiti writer to be resistant to change is a big mistake. Mm-hmm. 
like, especially now what I'm doing, taking the culture onto social media. Um, you know, for every once in a while, I get some backlash. But it reminds me of, like, I think there's a scene in Star Wars where people are complaining about the first guys who were going into the galleries mm -hmm. and trying to stay on that purest level of like, man, this is graffiti supposed to be on the trains. It's only <laughs> supposed to be on the trains with yeah, this gallery right. shit. Yeah. 30 years later, now you got graffiti and fine art museums. Mm -hmm. You got people making a living, feeding yeah. their family right. off of it. Change is gonna come yeah. whether you like it or not. When so. TJ and I was doing this, man, we, we were like, all right, let, let's get down. Let's, let's come up with a promotional material. This is way before even like the the industry existed. Yeah. And we were knocking on doors and people people were like, no, we're not interested because we don't know anything like that. Yeah. And then we would get few jobs only because maybe they they like graffiti because they've used it before. And it was very limiting, dude. Right. It was very limiting. This is like um, late 80s, early 90s that we were trying to actually get jobs. Yeah. We had a promotional material because I went to graphic design school in 89. A lot of graffiti writers kind of went into graphic design like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Revolt from New York. Yep. Um, Yo MTV Raps, uh, you know. Um, I didn't know Revolt did that. Yeah. Um, and he went to um, a graphic design school in Baltimore, and guess who he met up with? Cuba. Cuba, yeah. And Cuba yeah. came out here, and, he's, and he was one of the first pioneers, along yeah. with Rifa and a couple other writers out mm -hmm, here. But mm -hmm. I'm not the first writer. I mean, I might be the first generation, but I don't think I was, like, the first writer out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. when I was here, and I was learning, and who's who... And there was already pieces up, you know. Fun Gallery West by KGB. There were that was pretty dope. And, and, and a lot of reckless writers pieces. Yeah, were and dope. just just to jump around the timeline a little bit too. Like you mentioned Doug a few times already. When was the first time you actually met him? Man, I think I met him. Um, I I called him up and then I I was like, hey man, let's get down with some, uh, and let's paint down at uh, South of Market. I think this is like where all the um, Adwala trucks were. This is before all that area got developed. I know you what know? you mean, yeah. Man, it's now it's completely different. But yeah. back then it was like super like ghetto and super like I wouldn't even say ghetto. It was just it was like dirty, grimy, <laughs> like industrial size, industrial, you know? Yeah. And we found a bus and I, I got pictures of it. It says Cray and Bust and we both got our names up and I thought it was kinda cool. We just talked a little bit, but nothing really serious until later on. I think I the when our relationship started turning sour is because I saw a Doug piece, me, Styles, and Fury went there, and um, I, I put like little bullet holes in his piece. Like, it was it was like, I don't know why I did that, you know? <laughs> it was stupid, but you're, it was like, it's artistic. You're, you're hating just a little bit. I didn't think so, maybe. <laughs> but I, I hella respected him, but maybe I was thinking some weird way, like I was trying to help out, like with a, with a gold marker. Yeah. And I think he later on heard about it or something, or you know, I just wasn't a, a, I wasn't like a good guy back then, man. I was like striving, I was like hungry, and I was like, I wasn't the most nicest person, man. You know, well, I think that's another. And I think thing later I found out how to how to act and shit. You know? another, another thing about graffiti is that it can feed the ego. Yeah, you're literally putting up your name yeah. everywhere and saying, "Hey, look at me! I'm better than you! I'm the greatest!" And and mm -hmm. you got people kissing your ass and right. like, "Oh yeah, you like my graffiti? Yeah, that's cool." Right. You know that type of attitude. Yeah. A lot of people who don't even deserve to feel that way start to get that yeah. kind of ego. Yeah. But. All right, so that's interesting. And then, because you guys are both in Jim Prigoff's book, Spray Can Art. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're more, much more prominently featured. Mm-hmm. I think Doug just has one piece. But how, how did that come together, being in, being in that book? I think um, he tells me... Um, how, um, he tells me later, right, like right, like a year before he died, he said, Roger, did you know that your your robot was almost on the cover? Wow. I'm like, how come you didn't tell me this before? It's like, well, you know, I'm telling you now, it almost got on the cover. But, you know, I think there's a, he told me there's a lot of graphic designers that were actually picking the photos. I was like, really? Come on, James, are you serious? You're going to put out a book and then you're going to have graphic designers pick the photos? So I think this that was the kind of, not trying to disrespect Jim and Jim's legacy, but I think it was his way of saying to people that it wasn't his fault that your pictures wasn't in there. Yeah, like I, I think it. a lot of San Jose cats felt yeah. felt that they they did. There was a lot of pieces in San Jose. Yeah. He went down there a lot, but none of the San Jose pictures were in there. And I think a lot of people got butthurt as far as like not represent not San Jose representing very well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was his kind of like his automatic response. Oh, I didn't really pick it. I, I had a there's a bunch of graphic designers that picked it out. Really? Um, I, I, I didn't really... I, that was the word he gave me, and I just just took it as for word, and then I, I just thought it was the truth. But looking back, I'm like, you know what? No, he picked them out, man. Yeah. There's no way he's going to have a graphic designer pick out these pictures. <laughs> what does a graphic designer know about graph anyway? But, I mean, did, was he telling you that he was going to be, like, working on this? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, two years before, I had a, you know... And so when I brought over TW, the rest of my TWS guys over to his house. And they were blown away. And um, and their work changed. So our work changed based on what is going to be the hot shit three or four years from now. And while we were doing that, there was already a scene happening in San Francisco. We weren't part of We were part of that scene, but we were just completely outside of that scene. Yeah. So when people saw our work, it was like, what the fuck is this? It's completely different. Right. Where 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 is your head coming from? Like, we're doing Ferraris with like you know fashion characters. Like what? What the hell is that? Yeah. And so uh, we were coming, we were doing Robotech. Um, you know we were doing strange letters, but letters that we thought it was kind of artistic, but at the same time trying to bend the letters. Yeah. Um, until until more of the funk letters start coming in from from um, the influences of Rodney Orko how, from how, Chicago. How did that book change your, change things for you? It, it changed my life. Changed it really life, did. Huh? Yeah, it changed my life. Um, I think maybe if I wasn't as popular, I think maybe I would have just done whatever. But some, I, I think I might have told somebody, man, I think I'm going to quit graffiti. Like This was like late 90s. Rigel, man, you, you, you're too far into it, man. Just go all the way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. Maybe I should just go all the way. But I think consistency and just like being out in the forefront of stuff, you know, um, and and just continue to, to peace. I think that's what I think maybe got me over the top on a lot of things, you know, yeah. just being constantly painting. Because I know there's a lot of people that diss my shit and I could have been pissed, but I just kept doing more shit. I never let that bother me. I never went out and tried to seek out revenge and try to kill another person or like maim another person. I was just like, you know, I just get up another piece. Yeah. I was pissed. But I had photos, man. I have photos going back, man, since the beginning. I, I'm working on a 40-year retrospective right now. Wow. And it's just, all this is memories just kind of conjuring up everything, you know? I, I remember I can go to every piece and remember uh, a good chunk of what happened that night or what time I got up, yeah. you know, what I did to get into the schoolyard, you know? We have, there's ways to get into a schoolyard where... If people see you come in, I mean, maybe they might call the cops. So you don't paint right away when you get into a school. You, like, ditch your paint 
and chill for about 15 minutes and see. And if nobody shows up, then you paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's crazy. When you go out the side of the schoolyard or whatever, you got to go together. Otherwise, if you just do one at a time, people are going to be like, oh, what the hell? You know what I mean? Uh, right. And there's different ways, man. Yeah, yeah, As you yeah. know, man, we all figured it out by yeah, ourselves. I'm yeah. sure. So at this, at this point, you're... Your your style's developed, your name is developed, your crew is developed, and and what the stuff you're talking about, the Ferraris and the different letters, is this when you really came up with the concept of of new wave and started calling it? I think um, the new wave, the word came from Doug when we had um, so the meeting at um, the big meeting, the big writers meeting, was that we were supposed to do a TWS writers meeting, and basically they wanted to bring their friends, and I was like, you know what, let's just bring everybody. And I, I already went to East Bay. I already went to San Jose. And so I already met up with a lot of people. So I told them to come up. And um, everybody in San Francisco heard about it. And so we all met up at the Powell Street Station. Yeah. And Orca was there, too. Spy was there. Taking uh-huh. a lot of I've seen some of his pictures. And yeah. Doug was there. And um, I think we were just passing our books around, you know, like a writer's meeting at, in Style Wars. Yeah. And Doug looked at my shit and said, oh, it's, it's like New Wave. It was like new wave, and they're like new wave. What the hell is that? You know. Um, so I guess we were just coined new wave, you know. And we just wanted to do. We wanted to take graffiti to the next level, but we didn't know what to call it. We still called it graffiti, you know. It's interesting that Doug keeps like playing a role in your story. Yeah, yeah, because I looked up to him. But you know? then, like around this time, you guys started to clash. Right, right. Because, because, yeah, and egos and stuff, you know. Egos. So, do you think things really kicked off between this battle between your crews, TWS and TMF, with you drawing those bullet holes? I think so, man. I think that was one of them. (laughs) I don't even think he probably knows it, but probably because my attitude was like just over the top, you know. And I'm sure he had he had some ego. Yeah, but but. it was just a clash of styles, too, you know? Yeah. And um, the, the thing was that I handpicked some of the best artists in the Bay Area. And TMF kind of came from a neighborhood, you know? The homeboys that you kick Dead it, right? city, mission. Yeah. yeah. And then, basically, my problem, or trying to make sure that all these egos that got in this crew, they were all dope in, in, by themselves, tried to get along. And we did, most of the time. I think 90%, 99%, we got along. There was no ego clashing because everyone kind of knew that, hey, when we're all together, let's just check our ego at the door and learn. You know, sometimes we felt like there's no competition in the in the city. Why don't we battle each other? And that's what we, we did. We kind of battled each other to a certain point, you know, but we had egos, sure. But um, definitely it was a different style. But like one of the things I was trying to do to get in to get Dream in the crew, I asked him, I said, hey, Dream. Man, we're, I'm making this crew called Together with Style, and I want you to be in it. It's like, you know, I'm down. That's, but you have to get up a dope-ass production, dope fucking characters, dope background, and then you do it all by yourself, and then we'll take a look. It's like, all right, I got something for you. And then two weeks later, he calls back and says, man, I, I can't get down with your crew. And I'm like, why not? Because I'm cool with TMF. And, I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm cool with those guys. So, but I got something for you. Next thing you know, he did Best of Both Worlds. Right. I don't know if you've seen the left side of the piece. It's just together, together with Style. Uh, on the top, he wrote Together with Style. And on the left side, it was New Wave. On the right side, it was Funk. And yeah. basically, he was saying, why are you guys battling each other based on a style? I can do both. Yeah. You guys should do both. 
You know what I mean? It's almost like a teaching lesson to both me and Tina. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, why are we, why are we, we raced hell of their shit, they raced hell of our shit, just from a style. Yeah. And we thought maybe, I don't know, it was, I, th- I thought it was, it was getting stupid, you know? Well, so this was going on for a while, you guys crossing each other out. I think, uh, no, we were, we were painting, painting. over each other. We were painting, and then it got into a cross-out war. Uh-huh. They were looking for my, um, my piece, you know, the Robotech piece. Down in Palo Alto, they couldn't find it. <laughs> they were telling me they were all over the place trying to find it to, to diss it. You know? Did it ever go farther than uh, paint? Did you guys? I think there was there was anything? two moments where I think somebody found out where I lived, and so a bunch of TMF guys came to my house, and I think I was there, and I, and I had a bat right next to my door just because I was in the projects, right? And uh, my mom answered, and then so I think they wanted to fight me. You know, I think that like four or five guys out there. It was all TMF. It's like, what's up, man? I ain't afraid of you, man. Let's do it. Let's go. And, and you know, my mom was right there. She's like, come on, man. So they were gonna, they were gonna like fight me in front of my mom and shit, right? So whatever. It kind of like died down and shit. And then I think maybe a year goes by, or maybe even a year before. I remember going to uh, Cycle City, and I think it was Doug, Jessica, her, his wife, and back then I think it was just girlfriend, but uh, and Bizarro. And they were there, they were just chilling, they were painting. And I just kind of happened to show up. And I knew these guys. And I was like, oh, what's up, man? And they're like, they weren't really happy that I was there. But I just wanted to just kick it and just kind of maybe do small talk. Well, anyway, I think they got pissed off, you know. And then, and then I remember Doug wanted to fight. And I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bizarro was kind of going across, like, the, the back, you know. And I was like, <laughs> you know, try to turn and... But we never really came to blows, but it was just, it got close. Yeah. You know? Because ultimately, I got respect for those guys. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah. they put in work. Yeah. It's not like they were just talking shit. Well, it they sounds put like in it's work. Both, both ways. They put in both work. Ways. And so you can't deny the the influences and the pieces and the art that they put in. You can't deny that. So, how, But how did this eventually get squashed? I don't think it is, ever got squashed. It was just it one just of those things. Away. It just faded away. It just faded yeah. away. And right? I've always, and I, okay, I got down with NPC. Uh-huh. And NPC, that's Nate, oh, Omen, yeah. um, and Orko, Rodney. And um, I, I've been become friends with Nate. And um, when we get together, TM, uh, TWS and NPC, we were called United Nations. And um, what I heard from Chicago, what happened is that you got the three old crews, they got together and they called themselves the Feds. And I felt like, why don't we ask TMF if, if they want to get down... NPC, TWS, and TMF, and make an old school crew, you know, a new crew, and we get up like once a year or twice a year, whatever. We would show showcase like our skills to let the new cats know that hey, we still got it, you know. And I th- word got to them, and they're like, nah, damn, uh, we still don't like crayon. <laughs> <laughs> they're still hating on have me, bro. St- have you talked to Doug? You still haven't? No, no I haven't talked to what? him. What? Um, I think we talk just like a little bit here and there on Instagram and stuff, and he's cool. Uh, I have nothing against Dean. Uh, Rise is cool. I like all those guys, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. that I think maybe some members just still don't like me. Wow. To this very day. That's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I would, honestly, I'm going to put this out here right now. I would love to see, just for the city, at some point, you and Doug got to get down on the wall. Man. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I, I got the utmost respect for him, dude. I that think he truly, I think he is the king of the city. You know what I mean? I, I'd give that to him any day, you know? It's Because uh, I looked up to him when I came up, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, 
It's really hard to say. I mean, I think your style speaks for itself. TWS speaks for itself. TMS. It's hard to pick a winner. Like, there is no winner. Yeah. There can't be a winner. I think the winner is the scene. The yeah, scene yeah, got yeah. better from our, that's, from our that's just competition. The whole dope you know? thing about this whole battle, probably the most legendary battle in, in Bay Area history, if not one of the most legendary in graffiti history, period, is that these two styles kind of clashed. People got up, but ultimately, like, it just create it just helped the scene. Right, rubble. I think so too, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 we've been man, going we got to the eighties. We haven't gone to the nineties, yeah, man. Come on, man. man. Don't do me like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is even better because I would rather do the. I would rather cut it here than rush through uh, right. the nineties yeah. and the two thousands in like ten minutes. Yeah, right on. And I'm, there's probably more from the eighties that we didn't even get I know, to. I know. Um, but let's 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 say it right now. You'll you'll be coming back at yeah, some point. Yeah, definitely, man. We're gonna tell more stories. There's so much more we could talk about. But uh, for now, I think this was a dope trip right down on, memory man. lane, right and on. I appreciate you coming through. And I uh, just appreciate everything, man. I appreciate the times we paint together, the times we chilled together. Your music, you got music you're producing, and cats you're working with, and you're still getting busy and you're doing your thing. So. Much more to say. Right and, on. And we'll, we'll save it for, for part two, though. Right on. Day. Respects to you, man. Respect, brother. All right. That's it. This is the History of the Bay podcast. Thanks to the whole team. Shout out to Crayon and everybody else out there watching this. Until next week, peace.